Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm your host Ariana Bravo and this is the Autosport Podcast. Formula One is once again at the Red Bull Ring for the Austrian Grand Prix and today we saw Max Verstappen fastest in FP1, setting a 1 minute 5.143, while Mercedes topped the timesheets in FP2 with Lewis Hamilton fastest with a 1 minute 4.523. In FP1, the Ferrari drivers suffered a couple of lockups but wound up P2 and P3, Charles Leclerc setting a 1 minute 5.409 on the soft tyres, which put him just over two and a half tenths behind Verstappen and just two hundredths ahead of his teammate Carlos Sainz. The Ferrari drivers wound up lower down the pack in FP2, Carlos 13th and Charles 16th, while the Aston Martins shot up the timesheets, winding up P4 and P5. For parts of the sessions, we also saw the teams running the prototype tyre compound that Pirelli has brought to be tested this weekend, which features a stiffer rear side wall. And in FP1, we had special appearances from Callum Eilot driving with Alfa Romeo, Rowan Asani with Williams and Juan Zhou for Alpine. Now, John is with me, Jonathan Noble, motorsport.com's F1 editor, as always, ready to dig into what we saw on track today. John, how are you? We were just saying how shattered we are at the end of this triple header. (laughs) And I think that's a pretty accurate description for the current mood, isn't it, for all of the guys and girls working in F1? I think so. It's the first triple header we've done since last year. Um, Yeah. Obviously, started last year with with triple headers. I think it's taken out of everybody, actually. You just mm. sense everyone's a bit tired. And um, I think having not such a spectacular Grand Prix in the middle yeah. hasn't helped. And also, I think we've had the double header as the, the second round of the races. Whereas last year, yeah. you'd have the first two. And then you'd go somewhere fresh for the third one, which is a bit of the same. So I think 
you've hit maximum tiredness on the same venue that delivered yeah. a quite boring race last weekend. So hopefully it all it blows up in a ton of excitement tomorrow and Sunday <laughs> and we can power through uh, to get some sleep next week. Yeah, that's actually a really good point because I hadn't thought of it like that, but I think the same venue for the two end ones does actually make a difference. And also, obviously, last time we were in Austria, you know, it was the start of the season, we were all raring to go, but now, yeah, we're tired. <laughs> we are tired, but of course, we're here to keep you all entertained and we're going to give it the same effort that we always do to dig into everything that happened. So... Top of the timesheets today, looking very similar to usual in terms of Red Bull and Mercedes. We saw last weekend how strong Red Bull are, but Mercedes were clearly looking looking better, topping the timesheets for FB2. It's only Friday, so we're going to be cautious. But is this potentially a sign of a step forward for the team? I think it's... I think it is a step forward. I mean, both mm-hmm. Lewis and Valtteri said tonight that the car feels better, so they've made yeah. some progress and unlocked a slightly more comfortable setup and they feel more on top of the the tires than they did last weekend but i don't think it's the you know a revolutionary step that suddenly lifted them <laughs> above and beyond red bull yeah. um i think the mercedes potentially looks more comfortable on the soft tire mm-hmm. um max also i think didn't produce his best lap on the soft as well so we kind of didn't potentially see what he could do um on that tire and we also know that you know the influence of engine settings on Saturday and Sunday. So you know which what yeah. levels were Mercedes and Red Bull running today. How much will that change tomorrow? So I don't think anyone's Mercedes especially aren't aren't predicting that they've got enough to overhaul um, Red Bull for this one um, as early as tomorrow. But it looks closer, mm-hmm. um, and I think we've got you know there is potential for some excitement. We've got gone soft on the tire compounds. It shouldn't be an automatic boring one stop. So yeah. they probably will need to go on the two. And if the soft is quicker than the medium this weekend enough, then it will force the, the top 10 to, to run the soft in Q2 as well, um, yes. which will put them slightly on the back foot on Sunday, which will then spice up Sunday as well. So there is there is potential to get us through. Mm, exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, hopefully it does materialise. Now, last week, obviously, we heard the discussions from various senior Mercedes figures, Total Wolf saying there's no more upgrades coming, and then James Allison coming out and saying, no, no, there are some in the pipeline, we are bringing a few bits and bobs. Have those upgrades arrived? Are they a contributing factor to today's pace, or is that not linked and we haven't actually seen them yet? No, I think Total Wolf clarified today that the upgrades that are coming, which have been in the pipeline for a while, um, are coming for the British Grand Prix, so that that they'll Uh they'll be there next week. However... I think what the focus has been at Mercedes since last weekend is improving the setup and just trying to get this car in a comfortable place. We heard um, Andrew Shovlin say that um, they tried this wacky setup, which I think was to do with the, the role of the car um, and trying to get better balance between qualifying pace and race pace, um, which hadn't particularly worked out mm-hmm. as well as they would have liked last weekend. Um, I think they've been playing around today. We saw them putting flovis on the car just to try yeah. and understand kind of ride height setups and how the airflow is performing. So I think it's, it's all down to getting this car into a, a setup window that the drivers feel comfortable with. Because I think if, mm-hmm. they can, if, if they find that, then the tyre degradation suddenly gets better. They can suddenly switch the tyres on and find the, find the pace. So um, I think their focus this weekend especially is on setup. 
And we know that Mercedes are definitely leaving no stones unturned. We know that Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton, was even in the simulator, which we know he does not enjoy at all. So a sign of a sign of testing times, perhaps. Um, now, you mentioned there that they've really been trying to get everything they can out of the setup. Of course, we've only had a few days between the Styrian Grand Prix and the Austrian Grand Prix. Have you noticed any other teams that have potentially brought any upgrades or any indication of different setups that they're trying or things that they're trying to capitalise on that they may have potentially lost out from last weekend? I think the main one is Aston Martin. They've got mm. a few few tweaks on their car. Um, and I think they, they had quite a mixed day today, which normally sometimes happens when you bring upgrades to a car. You can spend some time just trying to understand how it impacts the balance, how it impacts tyre temperatures, how it impacts the, the feel on the car, and you, you try and get a comfortable setup. So I think tomorrow, the, tomorrow this morning, they f- fell out that window. We saw Lance Stroll have two you know, quite yeah. high-speed moments. I think Vettel ran off the track as well mm-hmm. at one point, but they, they pulled it together. And by the afternoon, much more comfortable with the car. The pace was good. I think finishing fourth and fifth was probably potentially that, but their best Friday of the season. I'm not, yeah. not super hot on the stats, but um, it must be well up there. So they look good. They look comfortable. Um, and we just need to see tomorrow in terms of when everyone starts turning the engine up and those teams that um, are further back make the push. Because although they were um, fourth and fifth, you know, Lance was a 5-1. A five, five mm-hmm. And you're looking at, um, you know, Esteban Ocon in 12th was 5.5. 5. So there's only a few temps still in it, but... Equally, if you can find those temps, and if an upgrade brings you one or two temps, that can be a lot of positions. It absolutely can be, especially on this track, which we know is very short. So every little tenth helps. Everything matters. Moving on to Red Bull, let's quickly discuss them. Obviously, last weekend, they were very dominant. We saw how strong they were. Still looking strong this weekend as well. Do you think that they are still the clear favourites regardless of the fact that Mercedes have made this step forward? Or do you think actually it might be a little bit more of a battle between the two, a little bit more work required on their side? No, I think they are still favourites. Um, mm-hmm. The car's car's well hooked up. They're pretty confident on the engine. They understand the tyres. Max is full of confidence yeah. um, and performing. So I think I think we may, we may see it closer. Um, and it may go back to the kind of race we had before Austria, where it is really tight between Mercedes and Red Bull. And then it comes down to who makes the fewest mistakes, who gets the right strategy, who's brave enough to potentially pull the trigger and go for a you know, three-stop rather than a two-stop or a two-stop rather than a one-stop. So if we, if, we get, if, if we get pulled back towards that type of race than last weekend, where it was probably the easiest easiest win of the season for Max, I think, um, I know Monaco was slightly different circumstances, always different, but out of all the regular racetracks, it was the most straightforward win of the season for him. So if we can get pulled back a bit and a bit closer, then um, both teams have a chance then. And what about Sergio Perez? Because, of course, we know that he doesn't tend to be quite as strong on the Saturday, typically. But come Sunday, he is, you know, on good form, able to do amazing things with the tyres and everything else. Today he seemed a little bit off pace compared to Max. What what did you make of his performances today? Are there any reasons behind that? Was he running a different um, plan? What was the situation with Perez? No, I think maybe a little. He he's got the upgrade that Max had last weekend on the car, which will have maybe changed the balance a little bit. So you're partly understanding that. 
different run programs. And we, we know Sergio's not as quick over a single yeah. lap as Max. It's been it's been his weakness um, this season, just trying to extract the full speed from the car. And obviously, a qualifying lap is the thing. A qualifying lap in Q3 is the thing you practice the least mm-hmm. over the season. Because you don't do it in Friday practice. Um, you don't get to repeat repeat it very much at all. So it's not like a race lap where you're doing 50, 60 of them on a Sunday and you're doing runs of 20 laps or so on a Friday. So kind of repeating and understanding it's, it's one shot to do it and you only do that once a, a Grand Prix weekend. So it's obvious it's become the weakness and Sergio will just hope that he can get close enough to the front so he can do what he does on Sundays, which is overtake cleanly, move forward, look after the tyres and become that disruptor for Mercedes. Yes, the disruptor that Red Bull value so, so much this season, especially. Now, I know that you wrote a piece today, or I think it was today, I'm losing track of the days, on the rumours, shall we say, that Hon- uh, from about Honda, sorry, about the F1 engine performance gains. Can you talk us through a little bit about that? What has been, what are the theories that have been swirling and what have Honda said? So it's Honda elected, Mercedes um, elected to move to their second power unit. You get three power units for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so they last sev- six, seven races, depending on your duty cycle and how you want to do it. Um, Mercedes shifted across in Azerbaijan. Yeah. And Red Bull and Honda waited for the French Grand Prix. Um, now, homologation rules mean you can't make any performance improvements to the engine. So unlike previous seasons, Spec 2 engine would be more powerful and better than Spec 1 and Spec 3 would be better than Spec 2. This year, that's not allowed to happen. It's got to be the same same unit entirely. But it appears from GPS data and from what Lewis has kind of felt from racing, Max, that there's been this straight line speed step from Red Bull. So potentially more power, which has fueled intrigue about what have Honda done. So there's been rumours, well, various theories floating around. One that um, Honda had a reliability concern since pre-season testing that forced them to wind the engine down for the first six, seven races, and only now with um, spec two, they wound it back up to what it needs to be. Theory that they've made some reliability changes to the engine, because you are allowed to make changes if, um, for reliability reasons. If something's breaking, you can make a change. If something can be made cheaper, you can make a change, but it's all going to be approved by the FIA and shown by other teams. So there's a theory that um, Honda had made a reliability change that just so happened to deliver more performance. Um, but all of this was denied outright by Honda's technical director today, um, Tanabe-san, who basically says that any performance step that's seen is down just to energy management. So how they're deploying um, the energy usage over a lap, um, how much they can extract lap time performance from the, the limited amount of energy they get. And they're just more on top of that now than they were at the beginning of the season. And it's kind of... It makes sense because I saw a I saw on Twitter um, this week it was a, a lap of a, it was a Valtteri Bottas qualifying lap from last weekend, which had a superimposed ghost car of Max Verstappen that he was racing just to show when Max was pulling away or being closed down, mm-hmm. and all the gains that Max was making on the Mercedes were basically on acceleration out of a corner. So they just he would you know just shoot like a slingshot away yeah. from the Mercedes out of the corner. And then the gap wouldn't increase much over the re- remainder of the straight. So if it was all down to the kind of rear wing choices we've seen, because Red Bull's running lower drag wings than Mercedes, then you'd expect the 
the advantage to the rebels to slowly pull away over the straight, mm-hmm. but that's not happening. It's all in the it's all in that initial phase of the straight, which tends to indicate either much better traction uh, or you know much more aggressive energy deployment coming out of the corners, or just the way they've where they've chosen how they've chosen to release that energy. So um, it's definitely there's definitely something interesting going on there that isn't down to just Honda having more horsepower than Mercedes or Red Bull just having a smaller rear wing than the Mercedes. Very interesting. And as I mentioned, that article is on autosport.com. So definitely head over after this podcast to have a read because it is a very insightful piece as always by John. Let's move on to Ferrari. Now in FP1, as I mentioned in the introduction, they did pretty well. They wound up P2 and P3. And then FP2 completely dropped down at the timesheets. What was going on there? I mean, as always, it's a Friday. It's Friday. We don't know what, you know, setups they're running, etc. But is that because they were struggling in FP2? Was there anything in particular that they were struggling with? I think just not as not as comfortable on, on the tyres. It's been quite a disjointed kind of day of tests because as well as... Mm. Ferrari needing to kind of test new setups and different things just to try and understand more about what happened in France. So I think they, what they need to understand is A, why France was so bad and B, why Austria last weekend was so good. So yeah. they've got kind of this double-pronged attack. And then on top of that, you've got this testing of this new tyre that's coming for Silverstone. Uh, and I think it was a day they weren't particularly comfortable um, on the car. I think the, you know, the fronts have been their issue all season. And if you've got no you haven't got the front grip here, um, then the lap time just falls away from you. So I think a lot of head scratching. But we've seen a lot of teams have bad Fridays, gather it all together overnight after a, you know, some frantic work in the simulators um, and then pull it back tomorrow. So, I mean, it's not looking great. Um, Carlos 13th in the afternoon and Charles yeah. down in 16th. But, um, you know, we've, we've seen them turn it around and... We also saw last weekend that they weren't particularly quick on a single lap, but it came together in the race. So maybe it'll be the same story here again. Yeah, that is what we saw last week, which is not typically what we see from Ferrari. But hopefully, well, I'm sure they will be hoping that they do have a repeat of that come race day because that's where the points are. Now, let's quickly touch on McLaren because, as we know, they are the closest contenders to Ferrari. I'm cautious on this conversation because I feel like McLaren don't necessarily always have the strongest Fridays but come Saturday and Sunday they tend to be very good performers of course Lando Norris Mr Consistent this year but did you see anything interesting from the McLaren drivers anything that you could take any improvements with Daniel Ricciardo because we know last weekend was a painful one for him yeah well Daniel said tonight that he felt the day from inside the cockpit was quite good and the lap time he felt was quite good but the end position on the timesheets wasn't very good but mm. he wasn't panicking I think also be quite careful today just by how close all the lap times are so you know it looks terrible when you say Daniel's down in 15th and Leclerc's 16th but if they find three temps then suddenly they're in 6th 7th 8th place um, which is a totally different world really so I think I think tomorrow qualifying is going to be about who can deliver the lap when it's needed I think there's very little I think the teams have having had a race weekend last weekend have understood the setup understands what's needed worked out where they need to progress and then obviously the the you're then into the world of marginal gains so you're trying to yeah. perfect all the different areas so I think that 
a lot of the teams have found the the limit of where their car can get to. Um, there's not going to be big chunks of time if one team suddenly has got the tyres in the window, another team hasn't. They're all in the window now. They're all kind of understanding it. So I think we're going to see a, a really frantic, uh, chaotic kind of <laughs> Q2 tomorrow um, and potentially some big hitters being very, very disappointed. Oh, okay. Oh, we'll be keeping a keen eye out for that. <laughs> now, let's talk about the special appearances that we had. As I mentioned, we had several drivers stepping in in FP1. We had Callum Eilert, Roy Nassani and Jean and Juan Zhou. What did you make of their performances? Of course, their outings in FP1, we can't really pit them against the full-time F1 drivers because they're not going to be running the same sort of test plans, etc. But what did you make of their performance? Because it's still a brilliant opportunity for them and they'll be wanting to have a smooth day. You know, you don't want to go in and have an absolute disaster. You want to impress somewhat. Yeah, I think it's always, always quite hard to judge how good a job a, a kind of FP1 stand-in does on a Friday yeah. just from the timesheets because the teams don't bring them in to say, right, can you set us a top 10 time? Please. They're, <laughs> they're brought in to work on setup and work on tyre runs and deliver feedback on balance and improvements and setup changes. And, you know, they have huge job lists to do. So what you can tell on a Friday normally is if if a driver's been terrible by you know crashing a lot, running wide, locking up a lot, getting into arguments with his team, mm-hmm. frustrated radio messages, all that sort of thing. And and neither neither of um those two did that. Both kept their heads down, stayed out of trouble. Lap times were were perfectly, you know, good and respectable. Um they both looked at home and at ease in Formula 1 cars. Um and then the final judge would, would come back from the teams. But I think both teams in the end were pretty happy with, with how both of them did. Well, that's that's what we like to hear. And that's what they'll be very pleased with. As you said, you don't want any dramatic uh, appearances in FP1. The less, uh, the less drama, and I think probably the less you're being called out for anything, the better. So finally, we're wrapping up now. We're slightly over time, actually. Uh, but looking forward to tomorrow... What are you expecting in qualifying? We've already said it's going to be close, but we saw Max Verstappen last time putting in a really brilliant qualifying lap. Are you expecting the same? Are you expecting Max to top the timesheets again, take that pole position? Or do you think actually we might be in the situation where it's too close to call? I still think that Red Bull and Max are favourites for tomorrow. We know that car's super quick on a single lap. Um, We know Max is on top of his game. We know he can deliver when the pressure's on and the heat's on. So I think... You know, I'd, I'd make my normal boring prediction of Max P1 and Lewis P2 just because, you know, those two cars are still the best. Those two drivers are still performing at their peaks and there's different characteristics. I think from Lewis's perspective, he'll want to be a bit closer in lap time to Max if he does lose out. So rather than being a few temps, if he can get it down to one tenth or less, I think he'd be quite happy with that as the, as the bare minimum. And if he can, you know, deliver that pole lap, then sensational. So um, I think that, and then I think that will give Lewis the, the chance and the shout to try to do something on Sunday in terms of strategy or time management um, or pressuring Max into a mistake that can turn things around and help him close that championship gap down. It might seem like a boring prediction on paper, but as we've seen this season, them two lining up next to each other doesn't always make for a boring race, does it? Sometimes we get absolute fireworks and a lot of excitement. So hopefully whoever ends up on pole... That is what Sunday delivers for us. 
Now that is all from us. We will be back tomorrow to wrap up qualifying everything that goes down in the session. But in the meantime, on Autosport Plus right now, this is what you can find. Alex Kalinorkas has written a piece on why Mercedes isn't fooled it's ahead of Red Bull despite the Austrian Grand Prix practice pace. There's a fantastic piece on why 5 out of 10 Ricardo isn't giving up on his McLaren quest. And finally, James Newbold writes on the F1 nearly man winding back the clock in NASCAR's European cousin. Head over to autosport.com forward slash plus right now to have a look at all of the fantastic articles. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.